Welcome everyone to Here for the Health of It. We are excited to have Carolyn Williams here today. She's going to tell us all about her gym that she started, Boss Tribe Fitness. Um, all of you that have been subscribing, that have been liking our stuff on Instagram, following us, sharing our things, uh, we appreciate that. We notice that. We um, see that you're doing it. And um, it's, you know, we always want help getting the word out because the more people that listen to it in the Columbia area, the better. So, Carolyn, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, everyone thinks I am a baby, like 20 years old, but I am 32 years old, so old. But um, I started my first business um, five five years ago, um, working in other people's garages. I started an actual training and fitness business. And um, maybe two years ago, I turned my garage into an actual gym, and my business started growing more than I can handle. And so I just made a plan. I saved everything I had, and I actually bought a brick and mortar just eight months ago. Wow! So in your in your garage, I, mm -hmm. if I say garage, funny, because I, I, <laughs> I have a Canadian accent. It's okay. <laughs> uh, tell us how that worked or what that looked like. Um. Well, it wasn't my personal garage. It was actually my parents. So what it looked like was, can everyone please keep their cars in the driveway just for one year? <laughs> well, I told them uh, like five months, but we knew that it was going to be longer. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone was so happy for me that they complied. So we took everything out of the garage. Um, I put down mats. I brought equipment, uh, threw everything else in the shed. And they actually, they worked with me for a whole year. So I'm very grateful for that. And was there any really loyal clients at that point that really helped you out that you want to give a shout out to? Um, my very, very first client, she started with me um, when before I was in anyone's gym, like outside. Her name is Keisha Tobin. Um, she was my old boss's wife and she is still with me. So, wow. yeah, two cool. years later, she's still here. Yeah. So now take us then from what what turned into your mm -hmm. kind of dream to own your own place, what did that look like? What were the steps and what were some of the big challenges? Um, so the steps from the garage to the brick and mortar, it actually happened. I'm not going to say on accident, but it wasn't on purpose. Um, I just sat down with a friend one day that actually owns a dance studio um, in Sand Hills. And she was telling me, she's like, Carolyn, you don't have to have $100,000 to start a business because I'm so meticulous. So I was just like, I need this, this. And she's like, just do it. Just go for it. So I got with the realtor literally the next day. Um, everything that I saved from my business, I just, I would not touch my business account, save everything. And I put it all into the brick and mortar. The hardest part was, um, you know, no one that I knew actually built a gym before. So no one knew what I had to do with the county. It was a lot of back and forth with the county. Um, with the contractors, we had to do re knock down walls, rebuild walls. It was a lot of stuff as far as that goes. But the process, other than that, it was pretty smooth. Yep. I well, and because I know some people, like uh, I was talking to Trip Cox the other day, and he's mm -hmm. like, "I would love to start my own gym. It's one of mm -hmm. his dreams." And I've talked to a couple other people too who are mm -hmm. in the fitness world who dream about starting their own gym. And I don't know if they're worried about it or they're scared financially or what's yeah. holding them back necessarily. Uh, but maybe talk to someone like that who's been thinking, I want to mm -hmm. start my own gym. I love the idea of it. I want to help people. I love fitness, mm -hmm. but they're worried about it or they're scared or they don't know where to start. Um, it is scary, 
But I always say, make a plan. Like, I've been writing out a plan for five years. Every day, I would get the same notebook, and I would write down the same goals over and over, so I got sick of seeing them. Um, I would also say, uh, financially, it is very important to learn what steps to take, um, such as building business credit, getting your business license, your LLC. All that needs to be done at least a year or two in advance yeah. of trying to purchase a building so you can build credit. That way you don't have to purchase everything with cash. Yeah. And definitely uh, build up a clientele, build up a following and a clientele before moving so you can have people rotating. Some are going to leave, but you'll always have more coming in than they're leaving. That's, yeah, and I, I think that's one of the things that really impressed me about you was that you didn't have somebody else showing you what to do mm-hmm. or even laying the foundation financially for you. Because I know some people who have a family member who says, hey, right. I've done this before. I've started five gyms and I have the, all this extra credit here. I'll let mm-hmm. you, I'll give you financially. I'll show you what to do. I'll help you with right. branding. I'll help you with marketing. But you didn't have any of that, it sounds like. None. I learned everything as I was going along. Um, I've worked in gyms where people have built up themselves, but I wasn't you know, going to ask them about all their personal finances um, but what I did learn, the biggest thing that I took away financially, even though I was able to save a lot of money from clients, um, and I was working a full-time job at the time also, even though I was able to save that money, I would not use cash to, uh, to fund my business from the beginning. I would use business credit because it helps to build the business credit, uh, as you go farther along. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't take me so long to get there if I would have started before using, buying equipment and things on business credit. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm I'm curious about the name. How did you come up with a name? Did do you have like a nickname around your gym and then decide like do they call you boss? Where where's yes. the name come from? <laughs> so everyone well, it started with my siblings. They used to always say, You're so I'm the oldest of two. So they will always call me bossy. They're like, You're so bossy. You always want to tell us what to do. And me, I'm just thinking I'm helping. I'm like, I'm just trying to help you guys. Um, because I know what I know. So just, you know, take it and go. But um as I was, I, I was also a stylist, a hairstylist, and um, I just always, I found little ways to build income. So everyone was like, hey, boss, or people have seen me and say, hey, boss. So everyone's like, you know, you should you should get your tribe together, your group of people, because I made a group me with all my clients. And it was like, it should be the boss tribe. Like, you know, you're a boss. So yeah. it, the name stuck with me, and I just, now I just love it. Nice, so. yeah, I think it's a good name. Um, I guess speaking to the hair, what do you think of my mullet? <laughs> I actually like it. When you walked in, I was like, hey, "Really? I do." Like See, it. I'm at a turning point where I don't know if I should cut it or shape it or any styling advice. Um, don't cut it yet. Just it's let the it run. summer. Just yeah. suck it up. You're the first person to genuinely say <laughs> that you like it. No, because I don't. Nobody. It's rough. It's like yeah. It's Everybody new. listening to this it's, is saying, "Is she joking or did she no, really mean it?" No, it's refreshing. Um, it's like good. I okay, mean, being a stylist, I love new. I love to see new styles, mm-hmm. new cuts all the time. So yes, yes. I don't think white people change their hair often enough. True or false? That is true. See, and that's the thing. I'm trying to I'm trying to culture the white <laughs> folks and show them we can do this stuff. Um, okay, back to the gym. What would be when you first started putting equipment in your parents' um, garage? What is good equipment that that the listener could, uh, if they want to build even mm-hmm. a little home gym? What are things that you would recommend for them to get um, rolling? Well, first and foremost, always check Facebook Marketplace. Mm. There are some really good items on Marketplace. Um, I got most of mine from 
uh, husbands whose wives were like, you need to get this out of the garage. You're not using it. And it was uh, really good equipment. Um, a lot of it came from maybe like academy, like the steel and cast iron plates that people love. Yeah. Um, a lot of it would come from academy or the Rogue brand. Those mm-hmm. are things that you definitely want to buy from someone else. They're really expensive. Um, yeah. But always have plates. Um, you don't Big need- Big barbell. A barbell. See, and I didn't know this about a barbell. Some you can drop and some they literally say like you can't drop them. Yeah. They'll they'll start to untwist on the ends. Uh-huh. I have one where people were dropping it and it's it untwists on the ends. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if you're going to get a barbell, get a still 45 pound or else uh, the smaller ones will literally like they'll pop in mm-hmm. half if you try to put mm-hmm. metal plates on them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And kettlebells. You can do kettlebells. anything with the kettlebell and with a plate. What do you think of those... Um, is it PRX, DRX straps? What are the? Um, I have seen those. They have them in the high schools. Yeah, now. they're actually really good. Now I don't, I didn't trust to hang it from like you can have them from the door. Yeah. or the ceiling. I did not want to go that route because I've seen very bad things happen with that. So yeah. Well, and that and tell the listeners then again, what's the 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 style of your gym? Is it? People show up whenever they want. Is it class-based? Tell us more about that. So we have membership. Um, You can come when you want, work out on your own. I always keep a workout of the day on the board because everyone usually comes in and they're like, I don't know what to do. So there's always a workout of the day. I have boot camps. So we have 5 a.m. classes Monday through Friday. Um, And believe it or not, a lot of people get up for 5 a.m. Yeah. We have evening classes, personal training, um, and... In addition to the gym itself, I have a nonprofit. It's called the Boss Tribe. So cool. we have youth boot camps, um, and it's mainly for the boys right now because they need something to do. Right. You know, the girls have like dance classes and everything. So the boys come every other weekend, and I have two coaches that train them. Um, they do sports. They work on mental building, just building as boys. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're what ages? Six to fifteen. Um, six to fifteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And what kind of things are you finding they're searching for, they're wanting to do? Like, I'm trying to think of a nine-year-old boy, how how he likes to work out or what he wants um, to do or doesn't want to do. Well, first and foremost, the majority of them are lazy. We tell them (laughs) they want to play video games. So they really don't want to work out until they start working out. So they'll do football drills. um, Hurdles. They'll make it fun for them. So they'll do races. Um. Uh, initially they come in dragging and they're like, I don't want to be here, but then they meet the other boys and, you know, they're like, Oh, I ha- I made some friends today. So they enjoy like the, the overall like atmosphere of being with other guys, their ages. That well, and I'm, you know, as chiropractors, I'm pretty worried about the spinal health of a lot of these kids who are playing video games all yes. day long. Mm-hmm. They sit in a school all day and mm-hmm. then they sit in front of their computer and watch YouTube and then they play video games all day. And we're seeing problems and degeneration in their mm-hmm. spines earlier and earlier. 12 years ago, it wasn't nearly what right. we're seeing right now. So it's a good thing to get them out. Yeah. If if someone's listening and they're they're like, my 14-year-old needs to get there, mm-hmm. what do they do? How do they um, reach you? So you can go to bosstribefitness.com slash services, and uh, it'll have classes at the bottom. And you can register for a youth boot camp. Um, the schedule is set all the way for the year. So during the summer, we plan to at least do two days a week to keep them active. Um, we have some great things for the fall, football games. We plan to do a lot with them to get them 
excited about moving in fitness and being off of the couch. Yeah. And how, what does it look like in the nonprofit payment wise? Is there a pay per time or is it a monthly fee or what does that look like? Um, it's right now the classes are every other Saturday and they're $10. Um, for the summer camps, they're actually going to be a one time registration. $25 for the month. It's just so we can provide them with drinks and we give them food after their workouts. Uh, we have another nonprofit, Paw Boys Kitchen, that provides food for them, like not just snacks. They get biscuits, chicken biscuits. You mm-hmm. know, they're picky. They're like, I don't eat chicken. Can I get sausage? So, you know, they give them food, food after workouts. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Um, from following your social media, I know that you're pretty vocal about your wellness and like and chiropractic. Do you mm-hmm. f- do you feel comfortable sharing your your chiropractic story uh, with us? Sure. Um, so of course, when I first started, I think my hip was to the right and my neck was like oh, it might have been less than forty five. It, it was pretty bad. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty bad. And I was also feeling the pain. Um. In my laps, it was horrible. But honestly, um, I started off going three days a week mm-hmm. um, for eight weeks, and then I was able to cut back to two times a month. Honestly, I haven't had any pain in my laps. I still lift weights. Um, I know how to stretch more. I know the um, I have the pamphlet from when you guys told me how to make sure I put the pillow um, behind my neck. Yeah. Um, so it actually, it's helped a lot. I actually have my clients. A lot of my clients. Uh, come to you all yeah. from the day that you all came to the gym mm-hmm. to um, do a do um, screenings for them. So yeah. Nice. yeah, I love it. I love it. That's and it's interesting to think about all the people that are working out and they're mm-hmm. just in pain all the time, but they still want to work out. So I think right. the average person is taking painkillers, ibuprofen, hoping it'll go away, mm-hmm. hoping that it's not something more than just this constant issue. But if you're listening and you're 30 years old and you have yeah. pain, you look like you're 20, but you're 32 years old and you have chronic pain, that's not a normal thing right, to have. Right, Not And some people even think, oh, everybody just takes painkillers and everybody's in pain all the right. time. That's not no. true. That's not how your body was designed to be. You should be feeling great all the time. And then that helps you to hit your fitness goals as right. well. And you really don't know that you have like your spine is crooked or your hip might one side might be lower than the other. You don't know until you actually get an X-ray, like with mm-hmm. you guys, and you see what it really looks like. And it's like, okay, let me fix this now because we all know after thirty, not, like it's just not easy. Like the, nothing feels the same. So. <laughs> and he, well, and even in the dental world, they all take X-rays now to see a cavity, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much accepted that you can't just look at a person right. and see their cavities. You take an yeah. X-ray, look at it, go to someone. And it's starting to change now where people are understanding that in the world of the spine yeah. and chiropractic as well. Yeah. Um, so for for uh, you, what does an average day look like and week look like as a as a gym owner? Like oh what, when does it start? Because you were talking 5 a.m. boot camps. Yeah. And when does it end? So my, my day, a normal day is getting up at 3. Well, the alarm is like at 3.30, but getting up at least 3.45. Wow. Um. Trying to make sure I get to the gym before uh, my clients get there because some mornings it is tough because I don't get home until maybe nine. Um, so it's usually five o'clock we start class. Right after our first class, I have personal training clients. So that's the one on one time. Then maybe three hours later, I'll get to finally get a workout in if no one comes in. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. If someone comes in, they're usually trying to sell me something or, <laughs> you know, as a new business, like, hey, you need this system, you need, you know, right. so that cuts my time. Um, now from one to four, I take a lunch break and just try to take a nap Relax. if I can or run errands. I'm back in there after four and usually leaving around 830. Um, three days a week, I go to the dance mm-hmm. studio on Sand Hills and I do conditioning for the um, girls there. So nice. it's long. It's a long week, yeah. but it's worth it. Um, the journey is worth it. The sleepless nights are worth it. You know, the weekends I try to get rest, um, but it's it's worth it until I can hire employees full time. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, because it's, it's important for people to hear mm-hmm. that you're there because I, I know a handful of gym owners and that's the thing, like you're going to bed early and you're waking up really early. Right. So your lifestyle is a, a lot different um, owning and running it. Uh, what what? So it's been eight months. What's been your biggest challenge over the course of the eight months since opening? Um, the biggest challenge, I would say, um, it was client retention at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was because being a small business owner, people think I can come and go as I please or right. I can sign a contract, but I don't have to adhere to the contract until I tell them, you know, we can settle this. In court, or we can shows a debt collector, <laughs> you know, and um, most of them will come back. Oh, okay, wait, okay, I'm coming back to get on track. Um, but now that that is straightened, I would say the biggest um, thing is running it all by myself. Mm-hmm. I have one trainer there who helps. Um, being an owner, you have to bargain where you can. So you know, I have trainers who rent out space from me, but. Um, for some, instead of renting out space, I'll do a trade. I'll say, can you take this shift or can you cover this class for me? You know, and these classes will cover your monthly fee. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. Well, and even thinking about the running it by yourself, being there early, staying there mm-hmm. late, there's a tendency for sure in the fitness world for people to look at a gym owner and be like, oh, they have all these people that they hired. They barely have to be there. And it definitely happens in the chiropractic world, too, where yeah. we have – um, new students that are coming out thinking, oh, you're only there this much or you have mm-hmm. th- this many staff. But what they didn't see is 10 years or 12 years of right. first one there, last one to leave, right. working every weekend, nonstop, seven days a week. Uh, so in your ideal world or what you're – I don't know if you have mentors that you're looking to. Mm-hmm. Um, but what does that look like five years, 10 years down the road? Or have you started thinking about that yet? I have. Um, I'm only going to be in the location I'm in now for three years. So the goal, which I've already started working on, is to purchase my own building. I want a warehouse-style gym. I want a huge warehouse-style. We can have multiple classes going on. Um, We have the saunas. We're able to use a field for the kids, you know, instead of having to try to use recreational parks. Um, I do plan to have employees in the five-year plan. Um, My goal is to not one-on-one train as much so that I can put a little more work into my nonprofit um, and be more in the community, active in the community. Yeah. Okay. Of all the gyms you worked at in the past, what what were some of the things that you took from them that you utilize now? And then what were some of the like strangest, weird things that you wanted to <laughs> make sure you didn't? Um, I definitely learned a lot of what not to do. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'll say the thing I took most was to build relationships with clients. 
Um, just and that's just me as a person, but I notice when you build a relationship outside of just fitness, because you actually become like a a, a life coach for some. Not saying that I'm one, but you become that person that they confide in. Um, the biggest thing I took was to build personal relationships with clients so that you know they they know they have a safe place in Boss Tribe. It's not coming and feeling judged. Um, the thing I learned not to do. Uh, is to cross boundaries with those, you know, as far as building those personal relationships. You can't cross boundaries um, because people kind of forget that this is your business and you're still a business owner and they're still your clients also. Like hook, you're talking about hooking up with uh, clients? No, no, I've seen oh. that happen. <laughs> Listen. Oh, that's where I thought no, you were going. Oh, well, oh, no, yeah. boundaries as far as, you know, sometimes people want to, when you say a personal relationship, they think they're supposed to be in your personal space. Like, oh, yeah. oh let's go hang out. I'm, I can come to your house. No, like, no, we can't do right. all that because we have issues, then you're, you're going to want to quit coming to the gym. Now, I will say for male trainers, it is harder for male trainers. Um, it's it's harder. You know, there are a lot of more women in the gym. And so I've seen a lot of male trainers, um, you know, women women hit on them more probably more than they hit on them. So <laughs> if you're a male and you want to train, just, you know, stand your ground. <laughs> have boundaries Wear and keep your boundaries. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it matters. That does, yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> is, is there any weird fitness requests that you've had people ask you? Like, I'm thinking about someone, maybe they want just huge calves and tiny thighs. Or <laughs> He's talking about himself. <laughs> they want big biceps and little triceps or something like that. Um, It's not, it's actually really common. Everyone's like, I just want a flat stomach. You know, everyone wants a big butt now. Yeah. Um. Everyone wants tone. Like, everyone wants to pick out one little spot. And it's like, mm-hmm. hey, I just want to work on my arms. I'm like, you know, like, it's, you can't just work on your arms. You have to learn how to <laughs> breathe. You have to have endurance, you mm-hmm. know. So, yeah, we get a lot of that, though. Yeah. I was wondering, about, well, what's, what rest regimen do you, re- is there like a, like, say somebody does always work on their arms. Should they do that every day? No. No, you're going to end up. Like, I've, I don't know if you guys have seen these videos where people actually, like, you can see their, the veins. Yes. and Like, their muscles are literally, you can just see them moving. Yeah. Um, because they, they don't take the time to rest them. So, I would say don't work, like, one specific body part any more than two times a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely have to let it rest and space out. You know, like, have a leg day. You'll have your upper body day where you might just work on your back and your biceps. Rest yeah. that and then hit your triceps and your lap. You know, you have to space it out. Well, that, I think that's good advice because I just did a arm challenge with Trip and one of our <laughs> chiropractic interns. And they're both in their early 20s or mid-20s. But um, I worked out my arms way too much trying to keep up with them and then ended up with bicep tendonitis. <laughs> see, exactly. That's it right there. You probably see something pulsing or you feel it throughout the day like, I can't stop. Or I won't stop jumping. <laughs> Now, I guess, how often should somebody increase their weight too? Say they are working on just strength Mm -hmm. and it's bench press. uh, How many reps should somebody do to to realize like, all right, once I hit this number of reps, I should increase my weight? Um, I always say, well, one, start with the baby weights um, until your form is correct. When it becomes too easy, and you'll know, I can see some clients and they're just like, you know, like just throwing 
some 10 pound uh, weights around on a bar. And I was like, okay, it's time to increase um, your weights. But usually what we'll do starting off, we'll do four sets of 10 reps of specific exercises until their form is correct. And then once their form is correct and it becomes too easy, they're just throwing weights, then we'll increase. Yeah. But the increase is like by maybe five pounds. Not a ton. Yeah, no. So more like more reps than... um, than increasing amount. Them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. More reps until okay. you just because a lot of people, um, and I know you guys get this a lot, like with uh bad backs from people who lift weights, their form is horrible. Like mm-hmm. deadlifts, everyone wants to lift heavy because that's what they're doing on social media. But if your form is bad and you're lifting heavy, Terrible, yeah, yeah, you're gonna either be bent over the rest of your life or something's gonna be out of place. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's probably the tendency for people to just think in one week, I want to be super strong yeah. and I want to be ripped because mm-hmm. we have that all the time too. Yeah. They've abused their spine for 25 years and they come in and say, hey, can you fix me in nine minutes? Right. Like, well, it doesn't quite work like that. So I'm sure you're seeing people who are, yeah. they haven't, they barely worked out. Their joints right. aren't used to it. Their tendons aren't used mm-hmm. to it. They don't know proper form and they're thinking, hey, I have a wedding in two weeks. Exactly. Can you get me really, really fit for that? Or the birthday. It's always the birthday yeah. or the trip yeah. in two weeks. What can I do in two weeks? You can come back Starve after yourself. the trip. Yeah, like come back after two weeks and then let's talk about it. Yeah. No way. Uh, do you talk? Do you do any coaching for uh, like bodybuilding and stuff like that? Like um, food plans and protein and macros um, and all that good stuff. Bodybuilding, no. But I have a coach who does it. So I'm I'm huge on being a student first of everything because I do not know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have plenty of coaches. Um. Like, I have a boxing coach. I have one who does the powerlifting and the bodybuilding. So I don't personally do it, but I do macros. I do um, give my clients their macros, break down their meal plans. Um, And if they have um, issues health-wise, I do have them just go see their doctor first. I don't want anything to clash with their meds or anything. But, yeah, I give them meal plans because if your nutrition is 80 percent, if your nutrition isn't right, then you can work out every single day and you might gain some muscle or whatever the case may be, but you're not going to hit your goals. Yeah. And can you explain macros? I've been really into macros Mm -hmm. too lately, figuring it all out. But I think a lot of people listening maybe Mm -hmm. don't know when you say they need to know their macros. Can you just walk them through that? Yeah. So macros really can be confusing. It took me a long time. So basically, it's a breakdown of your protein, um, your healthy fats that you're going to eat, your carbs. And when I say carbs, it's the complex carbs. So it's not like, oh, let's just go get French fries Mm -hmm. or... Um, anything, you know, that's very starchy. Like little Debbie's I just yeah. learned about. That's that's not even in the macro world. That's its own not special even thing. There. That's just, if you're just going to cheat, just, that's just cheating all mm-hmm. the way. So um, it just tells you your breakdown daily based off of your weight and um, how often you are active. And so as you increase, as actually as you lose weight, it gives you more calories a day that you can consume based off of what goals you want to achieve. Wow. So most people think that if I eat less, I'm going to accomplish my goal. It's not the case. Um, you can be in a calorie deficit when you want to lose body fat, but eating not eating enough uh, keeps you stagnant. Your body just holds on to whatever fat it has and it stores it because it's like, she's not going to feed me. So I'm going to keep what right. I have here until I can get some food again. And what do you, what percentages do you typically start somebody on? Um, it really heavily depends on their body weight and how active they are. 
Because someone who's not moving a lot throughout the day, they wouldn't have more calories than a person who's moving. So typically, you're going to have higher proteins. Um, greens are a freebie, so you always want to have your leafy greens. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll have more protein intake than carb intake, especially if you're not moving a lot. I, I think that's probably the biggest one that people miss is mm-hmm. the protein. They yeah. have too little protein and too much fat and carbs yeah. in their diet. And then it keeps them frustrated when they're working, right. working out all the time. Yeah, they get upset and it's like a client will get upset with with maybe the way their progress is going or, you know, they're not the scale's not moving. Even though I tell them stay off the scale because the scale is not it's not the biggest indicator of your you hitting your body goals. It's actually you doing side by side pictures maybe every two weeks or doing inches. That's going to be the huge indicator of you reaching your goals. But um, most of get frustrated. And I'll say, well, walk me through your day. What did you eat for breakfast? I want everything. And right at breakfast, I already know. I didn't tell you to eat toast, potatoes, <laughs> eggs. You know, like, right. I, and, and it's like, just follow the meal plan. But it can be confusing. And then I know it gets boring, but you have to just be creative with your meal plans mm-hmm. it, it is funny how that happens because we see that in the chiropractic world too where mm-hmm. someone will say i just don't feel like i'm getting great results and mm-hmm. we'll say okay well have you made all your appointments nope right. are you doing all your home <laughs> exercises that we're supposed to do no nope. right. have you done everything anything else that we told you to do no Not well that's all. yeah that's probably part of the reason I'm why like, oh well tell me again and i'm <laughs> like i even like read it just reread it mm-hmm. but um you'll find that uh, this is just in life i guess a lot of people just want you to hold their hand and walk them through stuff um, versus just like attempt to get on their own. So right, that, I, well, and a lot of times they know they just don't. They just need yeah. you to say it back to them, right? Or some people need their hand held, and they know that, and they're willing to pay for it right. too. Which I think is sometimes a, a valid option. A person yeah. will say, "I know that I'm not going to do it on my own, so I'm right. just going to pay to come here, and you make me do it." A lot of them will tell me that they're like, "I'm not coming if I just get a membership." So I need you to. I need to pay you because I need you to text me and be like, where are you? Or mm-hmm. why weren't you here today? And a lot of them appreciate it. Some get annoyed with me, but like, this is what you pay me for unless you right. don't want me to do my job. Yep. All right. Know. I like that. So where's your gym located? Just so everybody knows. It's on Two Notch Road. It's 9003 Two Notch Road. Um, it's on Raven and Two Notch in the Food Lion Plaza. Oh, yeah. I'm actually right next door. Right by the, that's where I got the Starbucks. Yeah. Right it's there. behind the Starbucks. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. So, and then anything else kind of in closing, tell us some of the things that you love about Columbia. Did you grow some... up here? You I from did. Here? Okay. I lived here and I lived in Arizona and North Carolina. Wow. And what do you love about here? Oh, Columbia. I feel like I've been here. Well, I have been here forever, but um, <laughs> what do I love about Columbia? The men? The chiropractors? It, w- the it wasn't meant to be a trick question. Either. I mean, I'm just trying to find what I love about Columbia. <laughs> okay, well. It's the- funny. The people that are from here don't generally like it. And the people that have moved here were like, this place is amazing. There are a lot of things to do. Most people think there aren't things to do. But um, I have a friend. Uh, his name is Ken Walker. He's a realtor. And he actually makes TikTok, TikToks. Um, and he does vlogs about different places in Columbia that oh, people cool. have never heard of. Um, the biggest thing I just love about here is the support. I do get a lot of support, um, from the people here. I know people say your hometown doesn't support, but I get a lot of support and I appreciate and love all of them for it. So Mm -hmm. 
that would probably be the biggest thing about nice, Columbia. Yeah. And is there anyone that you can think of off the top of your head, a business owner or someone in Columbia that we should have on the podcast? You're like, man, this person's so interesting. You need to meet them. <laughs> um, I have a lot of them. Oh, my gosh. Just to name one is hard. But um, I love what she does with the girls in Columbia. Her name is Jasmine Edney, and she has Beyond Words Dance Academy in Sand Hills. Okay. Um, they go to competitions and everything, but just... Working with them, it's like it's a huge family. And, you know, well, maybe I don't know, but it's hard to have a lot of women, a lot of girls in the same place at Mm -hmm. once and make it one big family. But she does that with them and she does a great job. Yeah, cool. I Yeah, I need to learn how to do my daughter. I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old daughter's Mm -hmm. hair and their hair is both so different. (laughs) And every morning they want me to do something with it and it's always terrible. I see their preschool (laughs) teachers just like rolling their eyes. Like, dad did your hair this morning. They're like, oh, my dad did it. They're all happy and don't know. (laughs) Yes, they don't know yet. They will soon though. They don't know any better right now. And what's your favorite restaurant here in Columbia? What's your go-to spot? Um... I love Mexican food. Yes. Like, love, love Mexican food. I might be Mexican. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I I was like, it's in the lineage. It has to be because I just love it. Authentic Mexican. So Mm -hmm. there's two places I go to. Um, There's Taco Nayarit. It's on Percival Road. Um, And there's actually a friend of mine who, she's Hispanic, but she makes the best burrito tacos ever. Her name is Jacqueline Harlan. She makes the best ones, um, and she sells them. Uh, you can order and everything through her, really? and go pick it up. You have to try. You have to try. She's on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Great. Well, we appreciate you being on yeah. here. Thanks Thank for you. everything. Here. We're here for the health of it. For the health of it.